Hello, and welcome to Talk Social to Me. I'm your host, Mackenzie, and today, lovely, lovely Ben and I are talking all things AI. AI when it comes to social media, AI when it comes to your job, and what we think these social media companies are doing when it comes to AI. It's a really fun episode. It's an episode that if you've been nervous about AI, I think this one is the one for you. So let's jump right on in and I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello. How are you doing today? Just peachy. How are you? Not too bad. Even though I was telling friends this the other day and now they all think I'm just like a conspiracy nut. But the advancement of some of the AI tools that is happening recently is kind of freaking me out a bit. You were saying that, and you actually made a prediction that we'll get into in this episode, but it was very, very timely. So It was. So before we get into the episode, which if you haven't guessed by now, it's very obvious we're going to be talking about AI, kind of AI tools that are happening in social media, AI tools that are happening online, just how it's all going to integrate into our everyday lives. But first, should we do a flex tip? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Flex tip. Do you have one today or do you want me to take it? Um, you want to take it? I can take it. Right. So today's tip would be, I, you know, I'll, just, I'll keep it on brand, is to not get too overwhelmed by these tools and feel like you always have to be trying new things. Like if something's working for you, you don't have to go try to add five new different tools. So if you find one tool that you really like, like don't feel like you need to use 20 more. Because I think that kind of, is going to give you more analysis paralysis or paralysis by analysis <laughs> and uh, where you can constantly be learning about the latest AI tool 101 times. So find what works, find a system that works for you and actually use it because your content output and the quality of that matters so much more than the tools that you're using. So uh, find some tools that you love. Obviously try flicks. I think you're going to love them and then stick to a system rather than trying a thousand and one things because more content that you get better at creating content will move the needle more than like a slight 1% increase in efficiency. If that makes sense. Like if you think like, oh, this new tool, if I throw it in, I could maybe save like five minutes. It's like, okay, well, if, are you are you actually going to do that? Or are you going to try like to learn more and more and more? So I think find a system, stick with it, and don't feel like you have to be chasing the next one. Absolutely. And with Flick's own AI tool, you can just stay all in one platform. So this is why we're always trying to boast our own content, our own brand, because you can get all your ideas together in one place and then immediately schedule it out. Look at all your analytics for that scheduled post all in one place. You've got Instagram, you've got Facebook, you've got TikTok, soon to be LinkedIn, which we're really excited about. So everything's going to be all in one platform. So you can easily use it. So there's your plug. Yeah, I think, of course, and obviously we're biased, but it's difficult to overstate how important it is to have a streamlined process. So if you're using 101 different tools, you're naturally going to get distracted and you're going to really slow your process. Like if you're thinking of anything that you work on, if you try to mix work on five different things at once, you're not going to be as productive as you would be if you were focusing on one specific task and in one place. So yeah, definitely give Flick a shot if you haven't already. If you listen to the show, I'm I'm sure you've tried it, but <laughs> get in there and actually give it a go. I think you'll be shocked by how much you can do with it. Absolutely. I'm still shocked. I used it this morning and just the ideas it comes up with. I'm just like, what the heck? I would have never thought of that. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's probably the thing I'm most excited for is because so many times when I deal with people who are struggling on social, they're always like, everything to be said has already been said, or I can't Mm. come be creative with my niche. It's always their problem, right? And this tool can take something that could seemingly be stale and make it exciting and also 
the packaging piece is something I think people struggle with the most is like, how do I take this concept and make it something people care about or would watch or listen to? And I think the, the tool does a fantastic job of doing that. And, and also if you use it and you study the headlines and stuff that it gives you, you can kind of train your mind to think like that as well. Yep. And that's, a, that's something I take for granted because I've been doing this for so long, but that ability to frame a concept is so valuable. Absolutely. Totally agree. Well, continuing to go on about AI and AI products. Last week, you and I were chatting in the old Slack, and I kept saying that I felt like social media has been so quiet recently. Mm -hmm. And you were asking me why I thought that was. And my thing is, is that I think that Instagram meta as a whole is going to drop some huge AI bit of news that's going to be absolutely game changing. And I think they're just rolling it out a bit more slowly. So last week, they did announce that they're doing something called an AI sandbox. So it's going to be for marketers, advertisers, and what they can do. It'll help them make advertising a lot quicker, a lot simpler, way more efficiently. So it'll basically, it'll take a piece of copy that you already have on a current ad, and it'll come up with different types of ways for you to say that same type of copy, mm-hmm. but to different audience members. Mm. So if your audience is, I don't know, like 20 to 26 year olds, you're not going to talk to 20 to 26 year olds the same way you're going to talk to 36 to 45 year olds. Yeah, you definitely So shouldn't. AI Sandbox will come in, look at your copy and be like, okay, well, this is how you're going to market it to an older group or a younger group, which is mind blowing to me. The second part of it is that it will create different assets for the campaign. So it'll have an AI that will change the entire background of each of your products. So it's going to be keeping it updated. And then it's also going to, which I think this is a great tool. I think everybody needs this tool, but it'll create visuals in different aspect ratios, which Mm. I think is (laughs) much needed anyway. Absolutely. But so that's just one part that's happening. The second part, you sent me a little Instagram reel. Do you want to talk about that? What you sent over to me? Yeah. So I've still tried to find the sources of where this guy got this from, but he's very well connected in the AI space. He got it from Zuck's own Instagram that I think he had just posted like as a story. Okay. That's where he took it from. So basically it's Zuck walking through their new... AI features that they're rolling out. I don't know if it's already live, but basically it works more like the human brain works. So it can create connections to things that previously wouldn't have been obvious to an AI model. And so why that's helpful is that you can kind of piece things together and make content based on elements for like how a brain would work. So the example that he gave was, the, the, he's like, oh, you, you could say like a tiger and then you could say like a waterfall. A waterfall. Yep. Yeah. And then it would be smart enough to put a video with those two elements together and then also incorporate sound effects because it knows what those things sound like. And so like, that's pretty crazy. It, it's definitely very surface level at the current moment, but thinking about how things are compounding, that could be insane. But one thing I, I just have to throw this in here now, all of this stuff, I think only underlines the importance of community because if content becomes like so easy to create, it comes yes. down to who do you care about the most? Right. And so I think like that's, that's why it's so important to really focus on building community. And we say that probably once an episode, <laughs> but it's so true because that's the ultimate differentiator. It's like, that's how you, you become AI proof is you use the AI tools and create a connection. Absolutely. And I think, and we're going to keep reiterating this. I will keep reiterating this. 
because I know that a lot of my friends are still very concerned about their jobs. I know that job loss is going to probably happen in the future because there are going to be a lot of people that are be like, well, why do I need a marketing person when I can just tell this AI that exactly what I need and it'll create everything that I'm hoping for. The reason that you should really look into AI products is so you can build out your portfolio more mm -hmm. because we are going into this new future. So learning how to make these tools work for you is going to be so essential as your job as a marketer, as a social media manager, even as a business owner. You're just going to need to know exactly how to make these tools, how to manipulate these tools to get exactly what you want. Because it's one of those things that you can say, hey, I would like copy that's like this and this and this, but it's not going to make the copy exactly how you want it. So you need to learn what you need to say when it mm. comes to these tools. Yeah, I think all this is going to do is really create a further divide between the caliber of talent. So what I mean by that is if you're someone who's very talented and highly motivated, I think this is only going to make you win bigger. So if you're listening to this, which you're listening to the show, so you're obviously fairly motivated <laughs> by this stuff. Like, I think it's only going to make you exponentially more valuable because much like Mackenzie just said, it is the little nuances of that that can allow you to spot that quicker, get way more out at a similar quality that would have taken you so much longer. So when you view it like that, you're like, okay, this is actually a huge opportunity for me. And the only people who should be scared is if you're lazy, in my opinion. Like if, if you, because I think it's going to expose you if you are lazy yep. and the opposite is true if you're a hardworking person who's creative. So like, I use this to write like a newsletter. I tried it the other day and it, the biggest thing I, I found was that it gave me like the frame that would have taken a lot of thought or maybe it would yep. take a long time for me to like nudge my way there. It got me there right away so that I could only refine. And that's where true excellence is shown is the refinement, the little nuance pieces. And this can help you get there so much faster. Yeah. And like I was saying, I was using it. I was using our own tool this morning mm -hmm. and mainly because I was trying to build out a calendar for the rest of the, the month because okay. I'm like, okay, I'm going on vacation at the end of the month. I need to make sure that I've got everything in place for when I'm gone. I also have to make sure that this content's done. These captions are written. I have the exact imagery that I need. The launches are all good to go. And it just made it so much simpler because I'm like, okay, I know I need to talk about this, this, and this. So it helped me with that initial kicking off point. Mm. And I just really honed in on making it more our brand voice, making it like the call to action a lot clearer. Because right now, AI tools, again, they're super great. I will say that ours is really good. Mm. And it's getting better about writing. When you are asking about brand voice on there, it's getting more clear. But... The thing is, it's still, it needs to have some human to it. It needs a human element to it. And the only way it's going to have a human element to it is if you go in, you refine it, you make it more you, because that's what the missing component is with AI. If you look at any asset that grows very quickly from a media perspective, it always is, is the little bit of a culture integration or understanding a pulse to know when to include something. And AI is so far away from being able to hit that. So if you look at and anything in your field, they won't be able to make a joke or know when is an appropriate time to include a joke or a reference that would really hit. And so when you think about it, like that, that's where you get the huge points of differentiation. So get there faster and then include the things that are the extra spice. But I still think that's going to be so for quite a while. I found this quote by the songwriter and singer Nick Cave, which I thought just really 
resonated with everything with AI currently. Did you see the AI song that was the Drake AI song too? Yes. That was pretty How crazy. How creepy was that? It was pretty sweet. But then I watched this video of this guy breaking it down and it's actually kind of connected to what we're saying is that because Drake, Drake owns his name and likeness, even if someone were to go do that, Drake would still get most of the money, if not all the money, which is pretty interesting. He should get the royalties because it's his it's voice. It's his voice, correct? yeah, and it's his likeness. That's really fascinating. So Nick Cave was talking about AI, and I think this is in the New Yorker, but he was talking about AI and art. So somebody had asked him the question about, do you think that AI will replace songwriters? Mm. Do you think AI will pre- replace all good artists out there? And he had this part in it that just says, maybe AI can make a song that's indistinguishable from what I can do. Maybe even a better song. But to me, that doesn't matter. That's not what art is. Art has to do with our limitations, our fertilities, and our faults as human beings. It's the distance we can travel away from our own fertilities. That is what is so awesome about art, that we deeply flawed creatures can sometimes do extraordinary things. AI just doesn't have any of that stuff going on. No, I completely agree with that sentiment. And I also think people like to watch people. Like if you, if it was just simply about optimization, a great example that was in the same video that I watched was about chess. And so now AI for a long time has been able to cream any human being in chess, but yet people don't watch AIs versus AIs play chess because there's no human element there. There's no story. There's no connection. Whereas general chess has has never been more popular in terms of people watching people play each other which i was fascinated by but uh (laughs) but like that's because there's the human side of it like people are always going to love that story as long as we're humans and so i yeah yeah, i think that's going to be never going away and i think the artist should only be more excited about it i think because again but it will probably create that bigger divide like i've talked about where it's like if you win you win big and if you don't win you probably don't win at all yeah like you said people love an underdog story so we're all gonna root for the underdog which is humans right now <laughs> yeah it'll be interesting to see because i've been really deep down like a is the rabbit hole i think is the proper term right yeah. of ai and then also the implications of like integrating with humans and whatnot and it's actually it's mm-hmm. quite fascinating i don't know what's your opinion on the whole stall thing like do you think that we should put a pause on everything or do you think there's ulterior motives behind that like what, what are your thoughts on that well so as we're rec- the day we're recording, uh, the CEO of ChatGPT or OpenAI, Open yeah. he is going in front of Senate today, I believe. Really, but in some aspects, I think that we need to put a pause, only because when it comes to like songwriters or when it comes to our own personal voices and things like that, where is the line? That's so scary. And it's tried to figure out like, okay, so if somebody is using Drake's voice in a song. How are we going to justify that? How are they going to get compensated? So I think we just need to start figuring out like the laws behind it mm. and really structuring that right now because we have no laws because this is all completely new to us. And is anything going to be original anymore or is AI going to take pieces of different art and create its own brand of art mm. when I just I don't know if that's stealing. I don't know where that line is yes that's that brings up a, f- a few really good points the first one is it's kind of what humans do to a degree is they take influence from other things and then mish it together like the the book called steal like an artist is basically yeah that's its whole thesis but the other thing that i was thinking about with with ai in particular is that it's so hard to create rules for something because the systems in which we build the rules move so much slower than the technology advances and so by the yeah. time something gets passed 
it'll probably be obsolete or irrelevant. Like that, that's like TikTok. Yeah, that, that's the <laughs> hardest thing that we have in terms of today's technological space is that it just progresses so quickly. And people would assume that the compounding growth would stop. I saw this chart yesterday of the growth of computing power versus the dollar. And it's been steadily compounding since like 1935, which to me, that was like, that is crazy. Cause you wouldn't wow. think that the jumps would be that consistently significant. And they yeah. still are on a per dollar rate. Like that is crazy to think about. And then when you think about new, like hardware and software, like, yeah, it's, it's, I think the world's going to look so different in like 20 years that uh, it'll be, almost be unrecognizable. I think it's going to be different in like the next five. Yeah. Especially with how quickly we're jumping on to chat GPT, generative AI, how much we're like, I'm sure you saw the pizza AI commercial that was going around no. that everybody was talking about. No, I've not seen that. Oh my gosh. It's in our Slack channel. Okay. You to, <laughs> I'll have to find it. So there's this other thing I want. Oh, what was it called? There's this guy who I've just been like consuming all of his stuff as of late because he has this like theory for when things will be like super, super different in terms of our connection to technology. Oh, here we go. The the singularity is what he calls it. So basically he says that that's like the point where like AI and technology will almost coexist with us and the world yeah. will be unrecognizable. And his prediction is that will happen in 2035. So yeah, you're not, Shoot. you're not far off. Like 12 years is his prediction. That's crazy. No. So I just sent you the AI. It's in our Slack. Okay, sweet. I, I'm I'm trying to view this as an optimist perspective. So like for myself personally, I have a really like messed up knee. And if you were to think about how you could adapt this stuff into like medical, have a, yeah, I, like that could mm. tr be transformative. And he made that great point in that podcast. Actually, was that a lot of times the biggest reason we're not farther ahead in medical things is because it takes so long to test. And so yes. if we could use AI models to basically quantify what would happen in a human, like that would be crazy to expedite the path of progress. Yeah. And I was talking to a friend about that as well, about medical things. And he was just like, just think about how much quicker we'll be able to find, like maybe even just like discover cancer. Cures. And, and, cures. Yeah. That is the word, cure. They, it all, also like the guy in the same episode of the Singularity Guy, he's like, we only view things the way that we do because our current technological limitations shape our viewpoint. So he's like, we, we mm. view death as like a positive, not a positive thing, but it's like, it's just a foregone conclusion and something that we embrace yeah. as the human experience. But he's like, that we don't technically have to if we, the technology gets to a place where that could become no longer part of the thing. Like it's a, ah! it's a forced thing <laughs> that we associate ourselves with, but that's, I'm watching this, uh, this, oh, this commercial. Okay. This is crazy. So for anybody listening, I will link this in the show notes, but it's an AI generated pizza commercial and it is a thing of nightmares. In my opinion, the mouse are all wrong and it's just like cheesy pizza and it's just like pizza love and it's it, a very bizarre commercial, but that's like one of the first completely AI generated commercials. And they're only steadily going to get that much better. So yeah, like when I watched that, that looks like kind of like a '90s pizza commercial. Like I, yeah. if I'd have seen that when I was watching Rugrats, I would have been like, "Oh yeah, like let's go there." But uh, that's pretty impressive that that was completely generated. Some of the people looked terrifying. Yeah, like the mouse. Yeah, they're really like strange. moving super yeah. weird. <laughs> but the, or they're like they have like ten fingers on one hand. I think AI though, I, where it will change things dr dramatically is. Like with for animation, like that stuff used to be so expensive yeah. and it's now going to be a fraction of the cost. And I saw one thing where, so I used to play 
video games a lot. So I play sports games. And for every time when they make a new game, they'd have to bring in the star players and put these suits on and like do that to like oh, match yeah. their movements. Now they can just put in videos of them playing. So it's now free versus where it used to yep. be super. Imagine how much it costs to get Ronaldo to come in for the day and run around in spandex. Oh, like that definitely so, was not cheap. But I'm curious if they would still have to pay the players because they're using their likeness. For sure for rights, but just in terms of general overhead of their own talent. Like, yeah, of course. That would be so much cheaper. And I'm sure they, like, Ronaldo can't demand as much money because he's not even going, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. And I think this is like another thing that we're all going to have to try to figure out when it comes to creating content, mm-hmm. when it comes to just having AI in our general futures all the time. Yeah. Because I don't know if you saw this, but the guy who they called the quote unquote godfather yeah. of AI, he quit. quit Google. Yeah. And his big thing was he was like, because he was, he knows in the future that there will be a time when people won't know what the truth is versus what is fake. And that's what scares him. Yeah. So I remember seeing that and he said that he still thinks Google is doing so ethically, but there's a potential for it to go very, very poorly. Yeah. So he thinks that if it goes into the wrong hands, then it that's it's we're done for. But that's technology in general, right? It's like we kind of exactly when you wake up in the morning, you kind of have this universal hope and understanding that your fellow human will not do that. Because like there anybody could go access something destructive tomorrow. Obviously, this makes it easier and potential impacts way larger, but like anything, good and evil can can use it how they wish. But that is definitely says a lot that the guy would walk away from I'm sure a profession where he was making an obscene amount of money just to go yeah. talk about the importance of, of AI safety and efficacy. And yeah, I, I think we're just, we don't even know what it can look like. And that's the craziest thing because our minds are blown at this level. And it's like, this is like equivalent to let's, amateur. Yeah, hour. Like, this is like <laughs> people drawing stick figures compared to like Pixar movies that what it will be. And so it's just, it's, it's insane. It's yeah. It's overwhelming. I was talking to a friend about this the other day and he was asking me, when I was, because I was talking to him about the godfather of AI walking away because of like not knowing what was going to be fake and what was real. Yeah. And his thought was, what if the government puts in something that there is a slight watermark on every single AI? Mm. So you know that it's AI, like if it's video or if it's music videos or if it's images, anything like that. That if you're copying and pasting it, you can always check maybe in the IP or just in the general backend coding that you can tell if it's an AI. Yeah. For the general public, it would have to be something like that because if there's any effort involved, as we've shown, like people aren't going to do it. So (laughs) it's got to be directly in front of their face. And that's one way to do it. I think verification is also going to become more and more important. Like 100%. That fact that like only Drake stuff official drake stuff will be posted on drake everything else you just assume that it's a deep fake so i think that will become a big thing but that's another new set of challenges because how we've used verification is going to have to completely change and and the access to it as well so yeah yeah and i also think about just people like us who podcast who make content online we have our voices out there we have our images out there and people can just come in and take that and how would you feel if you were out there on TikTok and somebody used your voice on something. I wouldn't like it, obviously. <laughs> yeah, you gotta think about it that way. Like I had a I've had people steal my content almost like bar for bar before. And even that I was like, oh that's so gross. So imagine if yeah. using your likeness and also the potentials for scams are getting insane. Like people 
I saw this one where a person who was a creator, uh, a scammer took their thing, did a deep fake, called their grandparents, and then got them to send them money. Because they're like, oh, oh I gosh. need money. And thought it was their grandson. So they're like, oh, okay, blah, 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 blah. And it's just, it's crazy. Because obviously, I think the biggest thing too is that since we're in this world, we forget that most people aren't. And so yeah. if we listen to something, we're like, oh, like that's obviously an AI. But the average person would probably not think twice about it because they probably don't even know what this is. Right? Yeah. So they're like, oh, like, well, it's, that has to be Drake. There's no way it's not. <laughs> like, it sounds like him. Well, and I was also the same friend. I was like, you can now... And I know it's just because I'm in it every single day. Mm. I read this kind of stuff every single day. So I am definitely just in that headspace. Oh, yeah. We're in the weeds. Right. But as you're reading stuff that is AI written, you can tell it's written by an AI. Absolutely. And the more and more you read it, the more and more you can start recognizing it. I saw a post on LinkedIn the other day, and I was like, that's completely written by AI. I saw a couple of tweets here and there, and I'm like, that's written by AI. There's some ad copy on Facebook. The more and more you read it, the more and more you're going to catch yeah. it and see it. So I think it's going to get to a point where people are wanting that human element Absolutely. again. Yeah, I think you'll win even bigger if you are if you are having that more human piece to you because it's going to stand out like crazy. When there's so much more content that all looks the same, Yeah, that 1%. And I, I stress this with every person I speak to. It's like you don't even need to be crazy better or crazy different just a little bit because that's going to stand out so much when everyone blurs together. Yeah, absolutely. So again, we're going to keep reiterating it. Use AI as a tool, not as your entire job. Mm -hmm. Because if you let it take over every single element of your job and let it just do your job for you, it's not going to help you in the long run. It's not going to make people want to buy from you. It's not going to make people want to follow you because people are going to know that it's not a person behind the content. And what you're building, even if it were to find success, it's probably going to be short-lived because there's no connection to it, right? And so if you yeah. got this content purely from an AI, everyone else can do the exact same thing. So you need to be doing what others can't, which is integrating your unique story, your unique flair, your personality, the way that you want to show up. That's how you stand out. And these tools can help you do more of that, which I think is the biggest thing. I think people are spending more time learning about AI tools than even using them. It's like, Create more content. Yeah. Get out there. What is your goal? People are so obsessed with like consuming content on how to use AI tools that they're not even taking advantage. Yeah. <laughs> and with every day that goes on that you're not actually putting stuff out there, you're missing a huge opportunity on the, the compound nature of content. Like That's why I think I love content so much is that it's got ultimate leverage because every time you post something, it could always blow up. But you have to post absolutely. it for it to go. Yep, absolutely. So again, use our tool. Our tool is really good. <laughs> 100%. We have Flix AI social media marketing assistant. You get a free trial for seven days if you are new to Flick. And we'll give you brainstorming different content ideas. We'll give you caption ideas. You can repurpose some blog content, repurpose your own social media content, all of it. And if you're just really unsure about what to do with AI, it's just a good starting tool. Mm. Just get in there, learn about it, tweak things. And we even have a free caption generator over on our website. So just play around with it. It's It seems daunting at first. It seems really scary at first, but it is a helpful tool not to take over your entire job. Yeah. And I think we've done a pretty solid job of presenting it in a way that's very easy to get your hands on. But if you do need any further assistance, we have tutorials over on our YouTube channel as well. And with our new LinkedIn scheduler that we'll be releasing very, very soon, There'll be a video walking through how to do that in the next few days as well. So we are here to help. And also, if you have any questions, like send us a message on Instagram or, or YouTube comments, whatever. We, we read all that stuff. So we're here to help when we can. Absolutely. Well, 
Do you have a flick feature this week, Benny? Hmm. You know what? I wasn't thinking. Of, you know, actually, I'll, I'll give this guy a flick feature because it's very relevant. I don't think we've shout him out before, but his name is Jack Appleby, and he writes a newsletter that's really relevant to this stuff. It's called Future Social. So he basically writes about things that are happening currently in social and then where he sees things going in the future. Super interesting guy. He's very active, super active on Twitter. I think that's probably his most active platform. And I think it's J-A-P-P-L-E-B-Y-N-Y. That's where his handle. I think it's for Instagram and Twitter. And a cool thing is he used to be, he used to work for Morning Brew. So if his Newsletter Future, so- oh, nice. Future Social was owned by Morning Brew, and he's since like bought his way out. And so now he's fully independent, which is cool. Amazing. I follow him on Twitter, and he is incredible. And I love reading all his stuff and just seeing what he has to say when it comes to marketing online. So that, that's a really good shout yeah, out. Yeah, absolutely. Give him a follow on Twitter. is probably the best place, but Instagram's cool too. So if you want to follow Flick, you can follow us over on Instagram and TikTok at Flick.Social, on YouTube at Flick.Social, on Twitter at Flick underscore social, and yeah, we're everywhere. Ben, do you have any other plugs? No, just definitely check out the YouTube content if you ever need more like in-depth stuff. I love the, the fact that we have the opportunity to go a lot more in depth with stuff like this and over on YouTube. So Absolutely. definitely go check it out. I think it's very easy to get lost in the consumption on the short form stuff and just constantly consume and consume and, and feel like you're being really productive and, and really making advancements. But I feel like the longer form content can allow me to go a little deeper and actually give you stuff that can be a little more specific to your situation. Perfect. Well, thank you all so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode today. If you did, please give us a five-star review as it helps other people find the podcast. And that's just what we want to do. 100%. We will talk to you all next week. Bye. Peace.